Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Center podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. Who knows that our theme for this month has been based around Acts 1.8 and it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, as his witnesses, we're all called to minister to people. Would you agree with that? As his witnesses, we're all called to minister to people. When you think about a person being called into ministry, and especially Christian leadership, you'd be looking at a person and you would hope that they would have their life together, pretty much that they'd be good at hearing from God, that they were living a faith-filled life, that they would, they would be obedient to the things of God and the call of God over their lives, that they would be able to pray, they'd be able to hear from God, they'd be able to get direction from God, they'd be in a healthy relationship with Jesus. Well, this morning I want to tell you the opposite to that. I want to share to you a story that is actually opposite to that. When Peter was called into ministry, his life wasn't together. Who knows, who knows who Peter is? He's the guy that Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So here's Peter. This is Jesus telling Peter before he went to the cross, before he died, he told Peter that. This very same guy lost it. When Jesus died. Let me, let me read to you from John 21, 4 to 17, just to give you an idea of where things were at. So this, this, picking up this story, Jesus has already died. He's already been crucified. Yes. And so his disciples being men of faith, went back to what they were doing. They went fishing. They didn't keep on in their ministry. (laughs) They didn't keep on in the call of God over their life. They went back to fishing. They went back to what was familiar. Let's pick it up. John 21, 4 through to 17. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciples, then the disciple whom Jesus loved. <laughs> Don't you just love John? This is the book of John. And just John talks about him, himself and he says, the disciple who, whom Jesus loved. Like, you know, you can take that as a negative and you can say, well, why, why would you say that, John? Like, you know, just do you think that Jesus loves you more than me? But I, I, would put, I would look at it, I'd encourage you to look at it a little bit differently. Like, I believe that I am the apple of God's eye. I believe that I'm special. I believe that I'm set apart. I believe that I'm loved by God. See, I think John wanted to reinforce in him that he knew that he was loved. He was loved by God. Are you getting that? The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped 
his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. They were not far from shore, about a hundred yards when they landed. They saw a fire burning, uh, fire burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some, fi- some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. Now this, this was the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know I love you, Jesus. So Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said to Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Did you pick that up? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. So this was the moment that Peter was being launched into his ministry. You know, when you think about, as I said earlier, when you think about Christians being, and especially Christian leaders, and they're being launched into their ministry, you would look look for certain things. You would look for them to be full of faith. You'd want them to hear clearly from God. You'd want them to to think that they understand uh, what God's plans are for them and for the people. You'd want them to be strongly committed to God, have a proven track record and faithfully serving God even when things got hard and difficult. And you'd want them to be of good character. you want them to be a person of their word. And when they said they were going to do something, they would do it. Now, is that, a, is that what you would be looking for if I was looking for a Christian leader? Is that what you would be looking for? That's certainly what I would be looking for. But let me tell you, when Jesus went after Peter, that wasn't the case. Peter and the other disciples were confused, to say the least, when Jesus, before Jesus was crucified on the cross. Luke 18, 31 to 34, the New International Version says this. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We're going to up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. The, the, they will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. Here's the disciples that had been with Jesus, and Jesus was telling them what was about to happen, and they didn't get it. You know, what was even more astounding about this is that, on, you know, like on top of all of this, Jesus had said to Peter already, I'm going to build my church on this rock. And, and Peter had also said in Mark 4, 14, 31, No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I'll never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. The disciples were confused when Jesus died, when he went to, when he went to the grave. They didn't understand what was going on. But Peter had already been told. He'd already been told by Jesus what was going to happen. He'd already been told that he was going to build his church on Peter. And what did Peter do when it got tough and when it got confusing and when it got hard? 
It went back to the familiar. Have we ever done that? When it's become hard and difficult, when we're confused. The Bible tells us that also when Jesus was arrested, they deserted him. All the disciples deserted Jesus. And in spite of all of this, Jesus still went after Peter. He went after the other disciples and he said to Peter, feed my sheep. It's the same for you and me today. Even when when we're confused, even when we don't understand what's going on, even when we get let God down, even when we promise God something and we don't hold up our part of the agreement, he will still hunt you down. He will still go after you. His call does not change. He will want to sit down with you and like he did with the disciples, he will want to spend some time with you. He want to talk to you and tell you about the future that he has for you. You know, sometimes Jesus just wants your attention. John Hunt, our, uh, our what is he? State president. We went down and saw him at the regional event a couple of weeks ago. And he said, some, you know, quite often Jesus just wants our attention. How often do we just actually sit at the seat of, sit at the feet of Jesus and just spend some time with him? At his feet. He wants our attention. He wants my attention. He wants your attention. This world calls out for so much. But God's saying, no, I just want to spend some time with you. You know, even if you think you failed God, it doesn't matter. He's still calling you into your ministry. In fact, a lot of the time, God will use our failures to launch our ministry. He will use everything that we think has ruined us. The very thing that the devil wants to destroy us can be the very thing that God will use to launch us into our ministry. It is so true for many of us. It's true for me. The very thing, my addiction, that had led to my life being ruined is the very thing that that Jesus has used to launch my ministry. Can you see it? Can you see that thing that's holding you down and pulling you back, that thing that you've had no victory over, that thing that's caused you pain, that thing that's caused you grief, those times that you've let God down, those times that you've promised God something and you haven't carried through. All of that can be used for his glory. See, my ministry, it's not about how good I am. And nor is yours. My ministry is about how good God is. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good God is. It's worth noting again what the disciples did when it all went wrong. They went back to the familiar. How often have we, when it's got a bit tough and a bit hard, said, oh, well, I'm going to pull back. I'm just going to go back to what I know, where it's a bit easy and it's a bit comfortable and but that's not where God wants to leave you. That's not where Jesus wants to leave you. Leave you. He's calling you out. You know, when we're confused, when we struggle to understand, when we let Jesus down, when we promise God we'll do this and we don't do it, when we walk away from God, when we walk away from the call of God in our life, Jesus is not going to say there and go, well, I've had enough of you. I'm going to spit you out. I don't want anything more to do with you. You've failed me too many times. You've let me down too many times. You've just gone off and done your own thing. You promised you would do this, but you haven't done it. He doesn't leave us there. That's not the heart of Jesus. He's calling you into your ministry. He's calling me into my ministry. My ministry is not about how good I am. It's about how good Jesus is. Did you pick up 
what Peter did when he realized it was Jesus. Who loves Peter? There's one thing about Peter, he was keen. John 21 verse 7, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard this, heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. To say that Peter was impulsive is an understatement. He could not wait to get to the shore once he knew that it was Peter, uh, once he, that he knew that it was Jesus. He, had, he, he jumped into the water and swam as fast as he could. He wasn't waiting for anybody. He wasn't thinking about detail. He wasn't thinking about, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll row and I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll bring the others along with me. No, he just wanted to get there at first. He was impulsive, but that's okay. He couldn't wait to get to Jesus. The detail to Peter didn't matter. I can be a bit like that. I see something and I go after it. Don't give me the detail. I don't want it. I just want to get there. Anybody else? And I know there's the opposite, the detailed person that has to work everything out. And praise God for them because if I didn't have them in my life, I'd ruin my life. Because I would just, I'd just go, there it is, I want it. And I'd jump in, into the water and I'd go for it. But it's not always wise to do that. We do have to plan things. We do have to look at detail. To say that Peter was impulsive is an understatement. I love how keen and enthusiastic Peter was to do whatever it takes to follow Jesus. Even in the garden, when Jesus, this is before Jesus was crucified, and as he was being arrested, what did Peter do? Pulled out his sword. See, he was defending Jesus. Peter wanted to defend Jesus. He pulled out his sword and he cut off the ear. I mean, he was keen. He was keen, but how, do you, how many of you know that sometimes we are so keen that we can actually hurt other people? Have you ever w- wanted to zealously defend Jesus and in doing so you've actually caused some harm? I have. Peter was keen to serve Jesus and in doing so he made a promise that he couldn't keep. Have you ever made a promise that you couldn't keep? Have you said to God, I'm not going to do this again? And you do it again. And you do it again. Luke twenty two thirty three to 34. This is Peter. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you, even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you. I'm ready to die for you. Lord, I'm ready to do whatever it takes to follow you. I'm ready to go wherever you want me to go. I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. gets a bit hard, people say things, doesn't turn out the way you'd liked, things don't go according to plan, it takes a lot longer than you hoped, it's much harder than you first thought, the load is heavier than you ever thought it would be, and you become impatient, so you give up and you quit. We give in to temptation, we do the very thing that we promised ourselves and Jesus that we would not do. Can you identify with Peter? Are there any Peters here this morning? But this is not where Jesus will leave you. He's calling you out and he's calling you up. He wants you to know that your past can't stop the future that he has for you. 
reading about the events surrounding and leading up to when Jesus called Peter into ministry, it's pretty clear that Jesus is not looking for perfection. He's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for people like me that have it all together and never make any mistakes. Thank God Helen's not here. He's not looking for that. He's, he's after the heart. He's not looking for, for, for perfection. So what is Jesus looking for when he's calling people into ministry? I think we can find some of the answer to that question in verse 17. Where Jesus hurts Peter. John 21, 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And I struggled to get my head around this. I couldn't, have you ever thought, oh, well, I'm going to put myself into that place to try and understand it? When you read something in the Bible, has anybody ever done that? I, so I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put myself in the place of Peter. And I'm going to just imagine for a moment that Jesus is here with me. And he's asking me three times, John. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. John, do you love me? Oh, yes, I love you. John, do you love me? Yes, yes, I love you. But when I did that, what I found out was this. If I'm perfectly honest, I haven't always loved Jesus as I should. I haven't. See, there have been times in my life where Jesus hasn't come first. I know that I have issues of pride in my life. I know that I like things my own way. I can be selfish and self-centered. I like to be right at the expense of somebody else. I know that I have looked for my security in my career and, my, and in money. I know that I have looked to man for validation rather than God. So why did Peter, why did Jesus ask Peter three times, do you love me? Pride. I believe Jesus was dealing in part with the issue of pride. We know that Jesus had said to Peter that he would use Peter to build his church. And Peter was very keen to serve Jesus. I don't know about you, but Lisa, if God, if Jesus came to you and said, on you, Lisa, I'm going to build the church, pride would become an issue. Yes? Or is it just me? It's dealing with that issue of pride. See, it's not about how good I am. It's about how good God is or how good Jesus is. It's dealing with the issue of pride. Out of when you, when you read the Gospels, and if you're a new Christian or and you're starting out and you're starting afresh and you're not sure where to start, can I encourage you... When you read the Bible, read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Because when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you get a really good sense of who Jesus is and what he was on about. I wouldn't encourage you to necessarily read Job. I would encourage you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and especially John. 
great way to start out reading the Gospel of John. When you look at Jesus' life, I really don't see him criticizing the sinners. Do you? Do you see him having a go at the sinners? I don't. Who did he have a go at? Who was the ones that Jesus criticized the most? It was the church of the day. It was the religious leaders. It was the Pharisees. They were so full of pride because they thought that they kept the law perfectly, that they were okay. And everybody else wasn't. Their ministry didn't bring people to God. It turned people away from God. I said last week, our witness has the power to... It has the power to draw people to God and has power to turn people away from God. Let us never be like the Pharisees. Never let, it be, let, never let us be people of pride that think that we somehow, because we, we've got it all together, that we're better than everybody else and we can tell everybody else what to do. Because that's not the Jesus I see in the Gospels. It's not about what, how good I am, it's about how good Jesus is. You might be sitting here this morning thinking, well, that's all good for you, John, you're a Christian leader, but I'm not called to be a leader. I'm not talking about necessarily being a Christian leader. I'm talking about ministering to people. See, a grandmother has a responsibility as a Christian grandmother to be ministering to her grandchildren. A father is to minister to his children. A brother is to minister to his brother. Do you getting the picture of this? See, we're all called into ministry as followers of Christ. We're called to minister to other people. See, that very thing that you thought was going to destroy you is the very thing that God's going to use to launch your ministry. I know that there are people here this morning that perhaps feel like, well, I've just let God down again. How could God possibly use me? Why would he use me? I don't measure up. When I look at other people, I see them better than me. They can sing better than me. They can dance better than me. That's not very hard, let me tell you. They can read the word better than me. Why would God want to use me? I have issues in my life. I know that if I'm really, really honest, I can be selfish. Why would God want to use me? Why would he want to use you? Because it's not about how good you are. It's not about how good I am. It's about how good God is. So when we minister to people, they see Jesus in us. And when they see me, they see this person that just 10 years ago walked into a rehab, broken and lost, bankrupt, unable to function, unable to live, divorced. It, didn't, it couldn't have got any worse for me. The dreams that I had of being a great dad were shattered. 
The dreams of being a good husband were just gone. It couldn't have got any worse, but this is the very place where Jesus came down. He sat down next to me and said, John, I've got something to tell you. I've got an amazing future for you. And it's the same for you this morning. That very thing that you thought was going to destroy you is the very thing that God's going to use to build your ministry. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Don't believe the lies of this world that you're not good enough, that you don't measure up, that you'll never make it. Every single one of us is unique and God has a calling on every single one of our lives. Sam, you're called to be Jesus to your workplace. You're called to be Jesus, Marielle, to your workplace, to grant at home. I'm called to be Jesus in my world. Take John out and there's no other John. Take Marianella out, there's no other Marianella. Where Marianella goes, Jesus goes. You can't replace Marianella. Can't replace Ben. Can't replace Anita. You're unique and God has a call on your life. Do you believe that this morning, church? Can I have the musicians up, please? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God is calling you up and out. Don't be tempted to go back to the familiar. Even when it is difficult and is hard, know that breakthrough is just around the corner. God's calling you up. He's calling you out. He has a plan and a purpose for you. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good Jesus is. I don't stand here today as the, as the slick preacher that can read really well from the word of God. I just stand here as a humble servant of Christ, knowing that without him, my life would be wrecked. And I want to tell you that there's good news for me and there's good news for you. And the good news is that he doesn't want to leave you in that place of brokenness and lostness and wherever you may be. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What does that mean to you this morning? If we can start singing that, that would be great. What does that mean to you this morning? What a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. We sing that and we say, yes, Lord, I love you. And then Jesus comes back and says, John, do you love me? John, do you love me? John, do you love me? And I know that I don't do it well enough. and per- I know that I fall short, but that's okay. Because I'm working and I'm ministering from a place of humility, from being humble, not saying, I don't stand here this morning and say, I've got it all together, Andy, and you don't. I don't have it all together. Do you? No, you don't have it all together either. But that's okay. That's a good place to start. In fact, that's where Jesus wants to launch your ministry from. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.